Welcome to We Talk Podcast, hosted by Chad and Julie Cannon, my mommy and dad. Welcome to episode two of the We Tee Off podcast. Uh, today we have joining us five-time PGA Tour winner, Ben Crane, uh, where we're going to sit down and talk with him about all things golf, family, and faith. And what I really love about today's conversation is that although those three things are separate, well, what you'll hear in his story um, is that they actually are uh, so much more tied together than they are um, necessarily, um, separate buckets. And so Ben is going to share with us a little bit about, um, about golf and about really his inspiration behind golf with, which is his, um, strong faith, um, and his love for his family. And I'm just so excited to, for you to hear, um, kind of a, a veteran, um, on the tour, um, and in many ways in life just to share, um, a lot of the wisdom that he's learned along the way. And um, you're also going to get a really fun sense of how great of a storyteller Ben is. So um, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Ben. Welcome to episode two of the We Tee Off podcast. Hey, Julie, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. We are uh, excited to be joined by a good friend of ours and probably those of you that are golf lovers are very familiar with is five-time PGA winner, Ben Crane. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, y'all. So um, before we jump in and kind of nerd out on golf stuff and things like that, just give us a quick history lesson, backstory about who you are, your family, um, what you're up to these days. So um, I guess going way back from Oregon, Portland, Oregon area, and my grandpa loved the game of golf, and because I loved my grandpa, if I was going to hang out with my grandpa, Mm -hmm. it was going to be playing golf, so I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I guess I'll play golf, because I want to hang out with my grandpa, and he lived on the golf course at Portland Golf Club, and got to play with him every once in a while, every once in a while, he had uh, uh, one of his members of his foursome wasn't available, and I started to get to where I was playing a little more. And by the time I was probably 10 years old, one of those guys, you know, would be out of town or something, whatever, and I would get in his spot. So I just fell in love with, you know, they played for a dime a hole, double or <laughs> nothing on 18. And so I just like fell in love with like the camaraderie, the yeah. fun, the, the, you know, uh, the betting and all that, and just fell in love with the game. Um, and so I grew up with one brother. Um, my parents, I have amazing parents and, Met Heather and my wife in college and um, got married right after college. U of O, right? Yeah, Go Ducks. U- University Go Ducks. Of, yeah. University of Oregon. And then Heather and I got married right before I started playing the tour in 2002. And now it's been, um, I guess, 20 years since that all wow. happened. And, and so it's been a great journey. Awesome. Um, so how many kids do you have? So we have four kids. We have three of our own, and then we adopted one, which y'all are familiar <laughs> with. Uh, and our son's name is Crew, like y'all's daughter's name is yeah, Crew. Yeah, for those of you that listen to the beginning of the pod, mm-hmm. Crew's voice is, she's five years old. She's the one that kicks off the podcast. Yeah. So it's awesome. So how many of your kids are into the game of golf at this point, and what's that 
meant to you and as you know it sounds like your grandpa kind of inspired the love um what how does that look like in your family playing i know you and heather play quite a bit and one of your kids is into it yeah so our son brady who's our middle of our in the middle of our girls on top is into the game he's thinks he should be better than he is (laughs) because he's around the game a lot but he's working at it enjoying it, frustrated with it, mm-hmm. all the above. And I'm thrilled that he's into the game. He says he wants to play college golf. I don't know if he knows how much work it is to potentially play any sport in college. Yeah. But my wife, Heather, loves golf. She really loves the game. She's a pretty good player for a non-golfer. She, Heather is a very good player. I've played a couple rounds with her. She's not only a very good player, but she's ultra competitive. It's fun to watch her out there, and um, she's a blast to play with. She's really good. So yeah. it's fun. I've been helping her with her swing, and we really enjoy walking and playing golf together. Mm-hmm. That is just like our thing. Now pickleball is kind of getting in the mix a little yeah. bit, but uh, for the most part, we really love playing together, which is really rare. The PJ Tour, I really don't know any other players who play golf with their wives. Mm. So it's sweet that she knows what I do. She knows how hard it is, and she's invested in it. So that's been great for us. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about how you've navigated that, um, you know, with young kids. You've had your kids the whole time that you were on tour. So how how did that look like in different phases of your kids' lives, you know, from crawling in diapers to now? Well, yeah, when we we started having kids, it was my third year on, fourth year on tour, everything changes, but we were really committed to traveling with our family on the tour. And so that's a lot of work for yeah. the mom. And Heather, she just is a get stuff done girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just has a motor that's incredible. And so she just kept our family together by just traveling. Now the PGA Tour, once you get to the event starting Wednesday, they'll have a childcare that they travel with a 16 wheeler semi with all the stuff and they'll set up in a local church or a school and they'll mm-hmm. have childcare for five days. That's awesome. And so the girls can go out and watch golf. So that's yeah. a huge blessing to the wives and to the families really we, we found that the, the wives that watched golf were the, the couple was closer than mm-hmm. the wives who just went off and did other things. So you really spectate how people have navigated, you know, when we came on tour where there was couples that had been together 20 years or many yeah. players who'd been divorced. And so we were just kind of taking inventory and saw that and heard from another player, Chris DeMarco, mm. just along the way said, you know, to have your wife watching golf and understanding your day is just a better way to navigate this. And don't worry about what else is, you know, all the other things going on in the PGA Tour, just... Y'all just focus on your marriage mm-hmm. and your story and just be invested there and, and everything else will be okay. Yeah, that's great advice. That- what are some tips like for us? I mean, we love seeing other couples play the game together. And, you know, for those of that are new to, new to our story, my wife grew up playing and uh, really tried to get me into golf her whole marriage, 15 years, and then COVID hit and I picked up the game and I'm as golf sicko as a golf sicko gets. And thanks to Ben, I'm now poor and living in, <laughs> living in Troubadour. And, uh, or not yet, building a house, but uh, getting to play there and all of that. But um, what would you say to 
couple, you know, a husband, because like our passion in this is to imagine as a guy watch listening to this podcast that struggles to get out on the course because it feels like this tension between family and being away from their kids and just being a male dominated sport as someone that like wants, loves this game, loves their family. How would you recommend kind of trying to get their family into the game of golf? Uh, we've got some thoughts on that too, but I'd love just to hear maybe how you've done it well or how you've seen others do it well, not, not on the professional level, but maybe more recreational of how that, how that can look. Yeah, it's so important to navigate those waters well early because if you don't, then kids or spouses begin to resent the game mm -hmm. and it becomes a strain. So it's so important early on in relationship with your kids when you introduce the game, just to have them around the game, I think is important. And, you know, I'm a big fan of just having them come with you and my little guy crew is two years old and we're sitting in my golf studio here in Nashville. And I have a rule that if he's going to be in the studio with me while I'm hitting, which is all the time, mm -hmm. he has to be sitting down. I can't have him walking behind me and walk in and, you know, get a club head, <laughs> you know, hitting him. Explain that one to Heather. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So he knows that when he walks in, he has to sit down and he watches me. I don't, I'm just doing my thing. And then he'll say, dad, 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 dad. And I'll finally look at him and I'll say, yeah. And he'll say, my turn. Mm. And I'll say, okay. I'll say, you get one ball and then I'll go sit down. Yeah. And then he hits one ball and then he has to sit back down and wait, watch it, 30 balls, whatever it is. But that's been great. I'm not teaching him. I'm not yeah. doing anything other than he's observing. And then we celebrate when he hits one because we think it's so cool. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important when, as a father, taking your wife or taking your kids, is just to allow them just to go with you. And they'll probably want to hit a few shots here and there, not to coach them mm -hmm. unless they ask for it, mm -hmm. and just allow them just to be around the game. I think that's the base hit that you need. And then Justin Leonard told me, with your kids, always leave before they're ready to go. Uh, and I'm like, wow. That's good wisdom right there. Yeah. And, and so he said make it fun and have fun, you know, running around, let them do all the things they want to do. And then make sure that you're not there for five hours. Just mm -hmm. be there for a short amount of time. Yeah. Let them play in the bunkers, let them be around the game, let it be a good experience and then leave before they're ready. Yeah, that's good. I think yep. in our own journey, we probably didn't do that. Well, we, you know, we're, we're such golf sickos that our, our daughter and she loved it. Like she loved playing, you know, and, but it came a time where she was like, kind of didn't want to go to Troubadour anymore, which yeah. we're like, okay. So we started taking her to the park and having a little more fun and just actually it was just, was it not even playing golf, yeah, not even playing golf, just now. going. Yeah. And, and yesterday she like grabbed the driver out of the bag in the garage and was yeah. like wanting to go hit. And so we literally set it up and it was windy. So I like set the wind to her back and, uh, <laughs> she launched and one. She launched one <laughs> and it was like that one shot that keeps you coming back. And then she yeah. hasn't had interest in like six months. Yeah. And it's like, now she just can't wait to go play again. And it's like, just, it's, it's awesome. Like she yeah. talked about it for hours. That one, that one shot. Yeah. That's so. great advice. I think leave before they're ready. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll do that a little bit more this summer. Yeah. Live and learn. Totally. Um, because if crew gets invested in the game, to, and she really enjoys it, then in two years, she's going to 
drag you guys to the golf right. course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just important to navigate those early years yeah. well. You know? And I've told her, but uh, Julie and crew, I said, if she, crew wants to go and play, like I'll leave my clubs at home and just focus on her and let Julie play around and give up that, you know, because of you know, playing the long game for sure <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Uh, so eight time professional wins, right? Eight professional wins, five on the PGA tour. So which one was kind of the most memorable for you? And you reflect back, like, was it the first one? Was it the last one? Was it because of the course or what, 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 uh, what's the most memorable win you had? I think people ask me, when did you know you're good enough to win on the PGA tour? And I said, the day I did, Mm -hmm. you you just don't know. I, I wasn't a phenom coming out of college. I didn't expect to play the PGA tour, but it was my dream. And I worked and continue to work very, very hard at it. I and can, I can agree to that. I see you at the range when you're at true, like just yeah. working it. He was, I came down last night, he was looking at a swing on his phone and working something out in the iron game. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> so I enjoy working at it. And I think the first win is really, really special because I, I didn't expect it. And that was my second year on tour. And I remember it was in Atlanta, the bell South, it was at TPC Sugarloaf, and we were staying with a family that lived off the 18th hole. We tried to stay with families early, just have some great friends that we've carried along the way. And we go to our house after you do all the media, and after I, I won, and I eagled the last hole to win by four. And it was just, like, wow. electric and special. Yeah. And and we go what back to— What year was that? That was 2002. Okay. Um, and it was just a, a, a special— moment obviously we go back to our little guest house Mm -hmm. on the 18th hole at tpc sugarloaf with our friends and end up going to sleep about i don't know midnight or one in the morning and i just kept heather up all night because all i want to do is (laughs) talk talk about about it it. (laughs) remember this remember this what were you thinking you know here and it's like what the guy it's what guys do at guys golf trips you know stay up till three but but this was literally literally pga tour win not shooting 85 on a local (laughs) muni yeah (laughs) yeah so that was really special there's every win is a little bit of a surprise Uh, and the thing that i found over the years is that you know you have a team and so you have uh, you know a someone who helps you with your mental game. You have a swing coach, you have a trainer, you have your caddy and you have your manager, you know, so you have this team and this team, we would get together once a year and we would talk about, we'd look at all the stats and we'd develop a plan. And then you know, with my short game coach and all this, and we would develop this plan. And then it was like, all right, I'm commissioned, like go execute this plan. Mm-hmm. And it was so exciting. And it's amazing that, most of the wins would come right like about three weeks out of the team meeting. Like when you start with you're organized, you're, you're just determined. You've got all the data, you know, that says to do this, practice this and all that. And it was just really fun to work through those meetings and then to win right afterwards is really, it's just so cool for the team. Yeah. I think people don't probably think of golf necessarily unless you know, as a team, you know, sport, um, but yeah, it's cool to hear kind of behind the scenes of that, um, and what getting together really does for people, you know, in, in an individual sport where you're out there performing by yourself for four days. Um, so what did your heading up to 18? So you were, you were up two strokes basically. So you knew what, probably even a bogey you would win. Did your, 
caddy say anything to you sitting on the you know what were you feeling on the 18t box i mean you eagled it so that but <laughs> what, what were the what were the jitters like what what was that oh, moment i'm like? so nervous i can hardly see straight <laughs> and, I, and i'm at the last hole and the only club i feel comfortable hitting is driver because it's the club that i've hit every day yeah on that hole and i remember i was playing with olin brown and i just swung as hard as i could <laughs> and i hit this great drive and olin kind of looks at me like wow, you killed that. And I didn't really know what that meant. And he's like, he's motioning like it went over the hill. And so the drive went 320 yards and then went over a hill and went another 30 yards. It's 357 yards down at the bottom wow. of this hill. No one even got over wow. that week. And so then I'm down there, you know, with 200 yards to go. And I look at my caddy and I'm adrenaline pumping. I, I got to go for it. I'm like, do I just hit wedge, wedge? He's like, just, and I'm like, eight iron? Should I just hit eight iron over the, you know, over the, over the water? And he's like, well... Just to be safe, let's hit seven so we don't make a mess of this hole. And I hit seven iron to 20 feet and made the putt. And it was like, oh wow. my gosh, what happened? Then Heather comes running out. and I cry every time, you know, when I see the the wives and the you know, their young kids or older kids embrace the husband after. What a moment. Like that, I just, every time it gets me because it is like, it's a team sport. It's a family sport, you know, when you allow it to be that way. And it's, it's just cool. I tear up every time. And, and people don't understand how much the wives are involved. And, and we, Heather and I decided early on that she was going to take care of all the finances, all the bill paying. She was an accountant for Deloitte and Touche before we got married. And so she just took over that financial mm -hmm. role. She took over the kids. And, she, and when, once we started having kids, she's like, you pack for yourself. You take care of yourself. I've got the family. Mm. And so she just like... Literally, she never said, when are you going to be home from practicing, whatever. She just always just allowed me to work as hard as I wanted to work mm -hmm. so that I never worried about anything that was going yeah. on. She just had it taken care of. And so it just freed me up just to have fun with the family, but also just to pour myself into the game. And it's just such a gift. So when you hug your wife mm. on the 18th mm. hole, the there's, 72nd hole of the tournament, so much, after you so won many a layers to that. Yeah. you're just like, you're saying, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a gift from God, but it's, but it's also a gift that you've, you know, allowed me to, yeah. you know, get to this place. And yeah. so it's just, it's a special, it's a special time. Yeah. Mm, so cool. I, I have kind of a, a bit of a uh, related question. Um, because I feel like you're kind of a, um, you've got a lot of wisdom. You've been around for a while. What would you say to, in other words, you're getting up there in years. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I'm hey. as old as I've ever been. <laughs> um, what would you say to the young guy or the young gal? Um, what are some pieces of advice if they're going to pursue something professional? How did you conduct yourself in the midst of, you know, I've been around professional sports. I worked in professional sports. I've seen kind of the good, bad and the ugly. So what would you say to a young guy or a young gal, you know, um, what are the ways that you sort of can, can keep yourself kind of, I guess, straight and narrow or avoid some of the pitfalls that can come along with being a professional athlete? Yeah, it's, there's obviously in sports, there's so much opportunity to, you know, go out and do, you know, when you go to a PJ tour event, they've been excited all year for the tour to get there. So when you do get there, they're offering you basketball tickets, they're offering yeah. you these, you know, discounts to these restaurants, they want you to come into these bars or do these appearances and all that. And Heather and I just decided that we were just going to, when we were 
at a tournament. We would do some stuff with friends, but it would be very light and it was like a work week and mm -hmm. we would just be very focused on it. And I think it was just really important that we got plugged in with the PGA Tour Bible study early on. And mm -hmm. so our friends were walking with the Lord and that was just a great source of encouragement to yeah. us to look at, you know, Stuart and Lisa Sink, look at, you know, Lee Jansen, look at some of the guys who are consistently coming to the Bible study. And then, you know, people younger than us, uh, Webb and Dowd Simpson and Jonathan, Amanda Bird, you know, it's like the, these became our really close friends that we're walking with and Cameron Tringali, these guys where it was like, so that was our, our group that we wanted to hang with. So it, it just picking your friends yeah. in that way, having that, we were all like-minded. We were all trying to encourage each other, lift each other up. And we were, you know, everyone was trying to point each other in the right direction. And, and that means sharing your fears, sharing your struggles, yeah. sharing life. And so, you know, calling, you know, one of your friends after you see that he had a bad day or vice versa. It's like, man, that, that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. You mentioned kind of the Bible study on tour and, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to go to a college golf fellowship event with you. Um, kind of just share a little bit about how that's structured, like the, the Bible study on tour and how that is really a resource for up and coming. I mean, I know you're passionate about college golfers. You just had 15 of them in your home mm -hmm. digging into the word last night. You know, hearing about that before the podcast is just awesome work you and William are doing. Um, but even a little bit about college golf fellowship, the work you do there and how that's infiltrated your life but also current college golfers if those that aren't aware of it yeah so college golf fellowship has been a great source of encouragement to me when i was in college there was some guys who were involved in this ministry that would go around to tournaments and who would come to your practices or have events at tournaments and they would bring in a pj tour player or, or a speaker a pastor someone to encourage us in our faith and so i got connected with those guys and they hold Bible studies for teams, and it's just like, you know, when you're playing college golf, things are busy, and you travel a lot, and it's hard to make it to church and all that, but these guys are, you know, walking with you. They know what you're going through because they've played college golf, and so they've just become some of my closest friends. They lead the PJ Tour Bible study for us. They have one of the guys, you know, at the PJ Tour Bible study, which we have generally on Tuesday nights for between one and two hours we get together and one of those guys will teach. And so some of those guys have become very good friends. My friend William Kane is a very good friend and he teaches um, a couple Bible studies around here with us. And we've walked together and led a number of retreats together. A retreat is just having about anywhere between 50, 15 and 50 college golfers come to your house for three days and you just have fun. And, mm -hmm. and one of the, College Golf Fellowship guys speaks to him morning and night. We play all sorts of sports, and <laughs> everyone takes a shot at me in ping pong, and we play pickleball, and we just do random things, capture the flag, you know, flag football. It's just like a really yeah. fun time. And I've just grown so much in my own relationship with the Lord just having those guys teach yeah. and, and pour into us. So that's a huge lift to us is having those guys out there on the PJ Tour because – when you're with them in college and then all of a sudden you make the PGA tour, it's like a pretty easy transition, yeah. you know? And so now some of the guys who have come to the retreat at our house are now on the PGA tour. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, some of them I, I don't remember and they come up, they're like, Hey, yeah, I was <laughs> at your house. And I'm like, wow, that's yeah, awesome. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a legacy. 
you know, that's cool. Piece that you're leaving. Yeah, I uh, I got to attend one of those events in Alabama last year. This is a funny, funny story about how much like you touched on how you've helped Heather and you've actually helped Julie and I in our game immensely just in like 30 minute increments. But we were so the story goes, we were you you know you were playing, you were trying to like play a couple holes with each group and comes up and. I, it's a par three. And when I first started playing, like, I'm like, my bar was like, I just want to be good enough to not embarrass myself in front of like golfers, like friends of mine, like Ben or Gabe Lyons, who are pretty good sticks, you know? And so I just <laughs> didn't want to embarrass myself. And so he comes up and I'll par three. And like, first time I've really ever, I've played with you ever, like, which is funny. And I like literally shank it into the woods off the, off the <laughs> heel, those, yeah, off the, the hosel right into the woods, you know, and he, you know, he was super encouraging about it and all, you know, he's like, I just, we just got to do this, this, and this like later. And so he ends up helping me on the range at Troubadour a couple weeks later. And there are other people there and they're like, so how do you get a lesson from Ben? I'm like, here's the trick. You figure out how to play with him. You play like crap and he wants to help you because he's such a helper. He can't walk past a bad swing. Friends don't stopping. let friends not hit it good. Right. And literally I got, this is like, I got 35 yards extra off almost every club for like two weeks and then it's gone. Like I haven't played enough and like, it's so frustrating. I was like, literally I took screenshots. I was hitting a 260, 270 off the tee before I was like 215 to 220 and it's gone. I just can't, can't that, get it back. I mean, you are significantly better than you were two years ago. I, I would hope so. Yeah, well, I've played a lot. You are. The, the, the thing that's like this little secret to golf that most people don't know is that the best players in the world, my coach says it this way, the best players in the world speed the ball up in the long game, and then they slow the ball down in the short game. And what that means is, is there's this fancy word that track man or foresight you know, tells you, it's called spin loft. And spin loft is just basically the loft you have on the club and the direction the club is moving. And if, they're, if they're, you have a lot of loft, and, um, and the club is moving down, right? Well, the spin loft is really, really wide, right? So a huge V. If the driver is moving almost like directly through the ball and you have almost the exact same amount of loft, it's not e almost not even a V. It's just like straight. It's like a direct hit. So the best players in the world, like they speed the ball up with the driver. And then when they, when they hit a wedge, they make it go really slow and soft and high. Right. Right. So the worst golfers in the world slow the ball down in the long game, hit these open face slices, and the ball goes slow off the driver, and then they get into a bunker or they get into a chip, whatever, and they blade it and they make the speed the ball up. So, and what produces spin loft is your lead wrist angle. For a right-handed golfer, it's your left wrist. And we've t you and I have talked yeah. a lot about that. So little golf tip that the, the is this secret gonna be twist the screwdriver yeah, so yeah. It's, it, it literally <laughs> is if you look at colin morikawa if you look at john rom if you look at all the best dustin johnson you look at all the best players in the world and you look at what their hands do at the top of their backswing as they start down they all do the same thing and they twist the screwdriver they they take their wrist and they bow it and which closes the face, and then they can just turn their body and move through. Whereas the worst golfers in the world, they cup their wrist, which opens the club face, and then they get down to the ball, and it's open. The ball's going to slice off to the left, and they're mm -hmm. going to have to drag the club off to the left to, you know, to make it go functional. But So it's all about lead wrist angle and spin loft. Those are the two biggest things. It's just like the little secret to golf. Yeah, that's it. 
Just twist the screwdriver, people. Yeah. Just twist. I don't know how many times I heard that. You got it. Yeah. I still think about that in the middle of backswing, and I still can't figure it out. That's not true. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, So someone asked this question. We were actually together in Alabama, and it was a really interesting answer. I'm curious if you you answer it the same way. But (laughs) if you could win any tournament, what would it be and why? PGA Championship, for sure. That was like a total shock to me. I don't. I wonder if many people would say that. The PGA Championship is just the best golf tournament in the world. It's just, it's the best field. It's the best golf course. It's not set up wrong. It's not set up unfairly. It's just a great golf tournament. And I just, we play at the best courses and it's set up, you know, it's okay to make a birdie. Mm -hmm. You know, if 12 under par wins, it's okay. Yeah. And so... It's a very fun golf tournament. It's a very competitive golf tournament with a big field. So you can get into it more often. You know, there's 156 versus, you know, an 80-person field at the Masters. Very hard to get into. Or, or And the U.S. Open is just uh, just a – they want even par to win the golf tournament. And so it can just get unfair. And the British Open is a great golf tournament or the Open Championship. It's an incredible golf tournament. Until it's not, when the wind starts blowing <laughs> so hard, you know, at St. Andrews, and I'm on the in the middle of the golf course, and they call it for wind, yeah, you know, and it, it, and then you can just get like crazy weather that's like, man, are we playing golf right now? So I just love the PGA Championship. It's just a great golf tournament, and if I was a dad and I wanted to take my kids or my wife to a golf tournament, I would take them to the PGA mm. Championship wow. okay. because you're going to see more golf, and it's just going to be. Absolutely a, a special week. What's your best finish at the PGA? Do you know? I remember I played at Whistling Straits, and I played well on Sunday, and I made about a eight-footer that broke about two cups for par on the last hole, and I was playing with David Toms. And as we're kind of walking by the, the where we're going into the scoring trailer to sign our scorecards, there's a little leaderboard computer that we look at, and David Toms Looks at it and looks at me. He goes, nice top 10. I was in 23rd place. And I said, what? And he goes, nice top 10. And I said, buddy, there's no chance. (laughs) He says, no, no, that's going to finish in the top 10. He's like, it's windy. It's hard out there. Have you played this golf course? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty hard. And he's like, that will finish in the top 10. I'm like, okay. And sure enough. And how fun is it? I went home, went to our rental house, whatever. And I just sat there all day sipped on a beer and just watched my were name you, just go up yeah. and up. And were you up. hoping for greater wins and just having everyone just... Yeah, I, mean, I was like, I literally, I went from, you know, like 20-something to, to ninth, and I'm like, that was kind of fun. Yeah, that's and pretty I, fun. And, and my golf was done. Uh-huh. Yeah. What I love, this is what I love about golf, is I will never be on the PGA Tour, but we both, almost 18 months ago, got to play Whistling Straits. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, what other sport... Can you play Whistling where the pros play? Chambers yeah. Bay. Where else have we played? Uh, Aaron Hills. Yeah, Piners number two. Like, yeah. It's just, it's awesome. I mean, granted, I mean, where we, you played in the tips or the, <laughs> and the PGA, where the PGA tee boxes are are different. It's a different golf course. but It's, it's awesome. Still the same. Yeah. yeah. Golf is one of the only sports where not only can you play where the pros play, but you can play with the pros. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why we have a pro-am almost every week on the PGA yeah. Tours. And yeah. that's how the PGA Tour is able to have these tournaments. And, you know, Peter Jacobson always said the most important day of, of the week is Wednesday yeah. when we play with our sponsors and we play with the amateurs who, you know, have done so much to invest in the game through the PGA Tours. It's, um, so 
yes, the golf is, is so accessible that way. Yeah. yeah. What would you say like the biggest change in the game of golf since you started, you know, like TrackMan and all the stats feel like fairly new, at least to the average fan. I'm sure you probably had access to some of those data points earlier in your career, but it feels like it's way more, you know, maybe thanks to Bryson, thanks to others, you know, that are making it a big thing. And you've, I, I mean, you're super analytical, so it's probably been, you've been doing it longer than the average person. But what would you say is like the biggest change if it's, if it's that or if it's something else and why do you think and what it's going to mean for the game of golf? There's no question in my mind the, what's changed the game more than anything is shot link. The PGA Tour has shot link and it measures how far we hit it, our proximity to the hole, our right and left rough tendency, how many putts we hole inside at what percentage we hole inside of three feet, four feet, five feet, six feet. It gives you every stat in the world. Now, the reason why that I think has changed the game so much. And that happens through TrackMan, that happens through ShotLink. And TrackMan and, and Foresight and these companies that are now tracking club and ball, it's, you know, this is a high-speed collision. And it <laughs> gives you a lot of data. And if you understand it, you can get better but you, very quickly. But if you don't understand it, it can make you worse mm-hmm. a lot uh, very quickly as well. But the reason why ShotLink, I believe, has changed the game more than anything is because of all this data. All that data goes to anyone who wants to see it for the most part. And the college golf teams now look at this data. They compare themselves to it, and they're like, wait a minute. When I get my proximity to the hole with my irons to this, and when I get my speed to this, and when I get my make percentage to this, I'm a PGA tour player. Yeah. And so it's like, it's a roadmap for mm. the first time in golf wow. to the PGA tour. And these kids are training so differently. Not only are they training on the golf course and with TrackMan and with, the, and keeping their stats, but they're also training in the gym because of TPI Titles performance mm-hmm. Institute has gone worldwide teaching people how to screen golfers, mm-hmm. what they're, able to um, mobility and strength able to do and make sure that they're fit for the game of golf. So that's changed as well. So everyone's just so much more educated than they've Mm -hmm. ever been. And now we have not only, you know, we have all these coaches like I was talking about to help us in all these categories. Yeah. When did ShotLink like come available? I think ShotLink, it's been a gradual progression of how much data ShotLink has been capturing, but I would say ShotLink has been on tour now for, at least 12 years. Gotcha. So catch us up to speed on where you're at with the game of golf. You're, you know, you were just telling us before you're, you're in here every day. You were in here for what, seven hours today here in the studio. Yeah. I, today I spent a lot of time here. I, then I spend a lot of time training in the gym right now. I'm trying to do some things. I'm 40, almost 46 years old, trying to get my body to the point of where I can train speed and play as much golf as I want. And I'm, I've been hurt for the last two years with a broken bone in my back got um, exercises and all that, was able to avoid surgery, feel great, and now my status on tour is not as good. And so now I'm making a big push to try to get back out on tour and play a regular schedule. So this year I'll probably get between six and ten tournaments. I'm in the past champion category, and that just means I'm not going to get first pick of tournaments. The tournament winners, the people who won tournaments last year, always get first pick, and then I'll – kind of get last pick so if they say i'm in i'm i'm going to the tournament Mm -hmm. it's exciting i just went and played pebble beach two weeks ago it's my first tournament in a while and it was just so fun to like 
And you, I mean, I was, I was following gorgeous. along. What did you have, six or seven birdies on the third day? Yeah, and, you know, you play three rounds because you're with an amateur. I play with Andy Garcia, total stud, just a gentleman, <laughs> you know, seen a bunch of his movies. Those, that was a fun experience as well. And I play with a young kid, Seth Reeves, who plays wonderful. We just had a great time. You play with the same pro all three days. You play all three golf courses, which and, and Pebble Beach on a sunny week is just the best golf tournament it looks amazing it's just yeah. really spectacular you're like man how many how many pebble beach tournaments am i going to get in my lifetime they're going to be like this and the answer is probably only like two or three yeah it was just a special week it was great to see a bunch of my friends you know i'm friends with the, the the people who rep the clubs and the people in the fitness trailers and all that and there's just so many friends i have out there that it's just great to go back out there and see them i'm in a place where I don't have to play golf. I just want to play golf. It's mm-hmm. it's very fun to to play golf, but it's also tough to be away from my four kids and all that. So I would like to play these next three and a half years until the Champions Tour, um, but I just don't want to play a, a full schedule. I'm not going to go back on the road and play 25, 30 events, even if I had the opportunity. So I'm in a great spot. I'd like to play play you know a few more years competitively, see if I can get my game back to – a solid place, but it's harder at 46 years old. The body's not as, yeah. um, you just, I have to spend more time just training and, and stretching and doing all that than I ever had. Yeah. What, um, what is your favorite golf course or favorite golf memory you've ever had other than your, maybe your, your first win, but what, what's your favorite golf course or golf course memory that you've. Man, I mean, I've got a lot of golf courses I just love playing at. I certainly love playing Portland Golf Club, where I grew up playing. It's just special because it's kind of where I developed my game. But I think the Discovery Land Company courses are my favorite courses in the world to play golf on. So Madison Club out in La Quinta, Troubadour here in Nashville, and then just all the Discovery properties. It's just the best golf experience in the world. Yeah. So it's pretty hard to beat you know, discovery, um, you know, wherever discovery's property is. I think those are my favorite golf experiences and and sharing that with, you know, friends and family is, is pretty much my fave. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what is in your bag. I I know you're a Titleist guy. Um, what's your, what's your lineup look like? So I am loving the new Titleist driver. I think it's the best driver they've ever made. Which one do you have? Which one? I think it's TS2. I don't know clubs that well. Yeah. Yeah. But the smaller head one, and I just, I just love it. Charlie Hoffman was using it out at TPI when I was out there with Greg Rose, and he was just killing it. And it's just, it's a beautiful yeah, club. Yeah, I have it, and I love it. It's it, almost too pretty to. It, to yeah, <laughs> I mean, it looks like it belongs in a museum. It's so pretty. So I, I love that driver. I've got the Titleist, the new Titleist irons, T100s, maybe yeah. I think is what you call yeah. them. Yep. Um, I've always loved the Vokey wedges. Bob Vokey's a, a good friend over many years and they just make great little improvements, you know, and so I've always played Volky wedges. And then I've got ping three wood and five wood Titleist hybrid. And then, um, I love these TP, um, TP tour shafts, uh, are just incredible. My friend is making those and they don't have any paint on them. They're so much more consistent than anything else. Wow. So, yeah, these, these shafts are – I mean, I literally was testing them in Dallas with my friend John Sinclair a few weeks ago, 
and I was kind of hitting my hybrid, you know, with a big scatter plot. And then we, he puts the shaft in and my scatter plot went in half. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I didn't change my swing. All I changed was the shaft. Huh. Yep. So yeah, shafts are just getting yeah. better and better. Yeah. So when I started this game, I knew nothing about any of this until I learn and dive into it. It's like, it's so fun, especially for a data geek and analytic geek like myself. What's the favorite club in the bag? What if you had to choose? Um, I love my Odyssey putter. I've got, um, you know, I don't even know what you call it, but I've, I've got an Odyssey putter with this face balanced and I've used Odyssey putter my, my whole life. It's been the strength of my game and yeah, I've just got it. I just went out to Odyssey, got it fitted for me just right. Um, and I just, I just love it. So that's probably my favorite club, maybe followed by the driver. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to fall in love with my irons right now. I've been in a fist fight with <laughs> my iron game. That's always <laughs> such a hard relationship. It's like when you hit them good, they're your favorite. And when you're off. It's, it's... It, like golf's hard because driver, you're hitting off a tee. So it's an upward attack. Irons are the balls on the ground. So it's a downward attack. These swings are completely different. Yeah. So it's very hard to get all that going. Mm-hmm. The short game, you know, you want to use an open face and a cupped wrist. In the long game, you want to use a flexed wrist, a bowed wrist, you know, with a closed face. So it's like yeah. golf's hard. Like <laughs> for only the best players in the world slow the ball down in the short yeah. game, speed it up in the long game, putt really well. You know, like yeah. it's just, it's a hard game. Yeah. So I want you to finish with the story because one of the things I love about love about you is you're an amazing storyteller. And I got the benefit of see, hearing it for a few days is either, I'm going to let you choose because one of them you may not want to share, talk about, but the, the famous blimp incident with Rory Sabatini and CBS or, you know, the way that your college golf career ended. Um, yeah. Whichever story you want to share, <laughs> okay, I think the okay. audience will, uh, will okay. enjoy either one. Yeah, I'll share them both real quick. So <laughs> the, the, the Roy yeah. Sabatini um, story, I guess the backstory is, is that he, he's a very fast player. He was tired of being put on the clock. And so he's in the locker room the week before. And he said, next time I get put on the clock, I'm just going to take off and go play. So then I, we get paired together. We're in the final round. And for those of you who don't know, Ben's known as a pretty slow player. S- slow golfer. And so <laughs> and so we get to uh, the final round at Congressional. And we've got about six holes to play. And they come up and say, hey, you guys are on the clock. And Rory just takes off. And you're, on, you're televised because you're in like the top. Oh, we're, you know, yeah, we're in the top ten for sure. Both yep. have a chance to win the golf tournament. <laughs> outside chance. And I look at my caddy and I'm like, what in the world is going on? And, and then they did like this blimp, like, where's Waldo? There's Ben, there's Roy. And we got to the last hole and my caddy, Brett Waldman at the time was, you know, um, let the words fly, maybe, uh, maybe a little too often from time to time, whatever. <laughs> but this was a funny line. We got to the last tee and Rory's waiting. It's a par three at the time was the finish at Congressional. And we walk up to the tee, and Rory's waiting. And my caddy looks at looks at Rory and says, "Hey, do you guys mind if we join you for the last hole?" <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a uh, that, that was a crazy experience, and then the media was all over it. Uh, and did you know going into it was going to be a media thing at the end? And I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was because you're out there. It's just you're on the course with your yeah. caddy. There's, not, I mean, there's cameras yeah. following you, but you don't really know right. what's I think, being shown on mm-hmm. TV and what yeah. isn't. And I think this is probably a powerful thing for someone who's young or maybe who hasn't had the media spotlight. Kind of share. I remember you sharing kind of the, the words. You know, the, I felt like the media was probably looking to stir something up, and just the wisdom that you had to kind of just nip it in the bud. And Judy Rankin put, um, she said in her earpiece, "Hey, I've got Ben with with me." 
And she's like, hang on, they're coming to me. We're about to go live. And this is right after the round. I've just walked off having to sign my scorecard. And she says, she says something like, I cannot believe Rory did that to you. And, and I just remember like praying and thinking to myself like, oh gosh, what do I say? What do I say? And I just, I'd read, it was like the 15th day of the month. And I just read the 15th proverb and Proverbs 15, one says a gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. Hmm. And the Lord just kind of gave it to me. And I was like, and so I just said, Judy, you know, Rory's not a slow player. I can understand his frustration. He's a fast player. We got put on the clock because of me. And so I can understand that, you know, we're in one of the last groups that, that's frustrating for him and being slow is my issue, not his. Yeah. And she <laughs> looked at me and she's like, uh, have a nice day. <laughs> have a nice day. I'm That's like, not what we wanted for TV, but it works. Which is literally what the scripture says. Yeah. A gentle answer turns away wrath of heart. You know, like, and it's like, okay, I yeah. guess, I guess there's nothing more to yeah. say. How many times do we have that chance every day and blow it? I know I blow that. Yeah. I blow sometimes. it way, way too often, but yeah. thankfully in that moment. Yeah. All right, finish us out with the, the college golf. College golf. I, I was quite the legend in, in college golf in my own <laughs> mind. And we got to Hazeltine. It's, it's NCAAs. And we've just, I remember the day before the season started, we're all sitting in a room like this talking about how we want to win the national championship. Our team is just getting fired up. We're going to practice and train. And we're just going to try to do everything like champions. And we get to, there's two rounds to, of stroke play to get into match play. And we're at Hazel team. My coach comes out, and it's the, the second round, and it's maybe you know like six holes to play. My coach comes out and says, guys didn't play well. We're going to need you to birdie about three of the next five or six holes if we're going to make the cut and make it to match play. I'm like, <laughs> hop on my back, coach. I got this. I'm like, you want to come along and watch? Uh, and so the first hole is a, a, a par three, and it's about 200 yards. The pin's front right. There's a bunker just right of that, and I just lace a five iron. I just, you know, when it when it's just right, it's right. And I just flush it, and I look up, but the ball's tailing a little right. In fact, it started right, now it's tailing more right. And I'm like, uh, I don't think that's going to, I hope that caught the bunker. Didn't twist the screwdriver? I didn't. That's exactly right. You're paying attention. That was a test. You passed it. And we get up there, and my ball happens to be about eight or nine inches from a tree, but it's in the place where... The tree is in my backswing. I'm on the hard pan from around the tree, and I literally can't really advance the ball, certainly over the bunker to the short-sided pin, and it's a little right-to-left break from there. But I've got to get it up through the branches, just over the bunker, put a little spin on it, and then you know, just two cups outside right. I figure i got to at least try to make it. Uh, you know, You can't really like wait until the last couple holes you know, to <laughs> you know, put yourself – in a bind and have to start making eagles. Like you got to start making birdies right out of the gate. So I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to make contact with the shot, but I come up with a brilliant idea. <laughs> and I was in the zone to, if I just turn the other way and face away from the pin and I bank the ball into the tree bark and I hit it with a 60 degree and I really clock it good. And, and I, there's a little bit of a flat spot, like a knot on the tree that's kind of flat. And I'm like, okay, if I get good contact, It'll bounce off the tree. It'll go up through the branches, just a little right to left of the hole. Probably go in. <laughs> probably go in. <laughs> so I'm just lining it up, and you got to create a line. At least, at least to tap it. Probably. Yeah, go yeah, in. yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, there's probably five or six people watching our group. Coaches there, and you know, one of the players comes out because he's already done. And 
I get there and I'm creating a lot of angle. You know, I got to really lean on my left side. And I got to create a lot of, you know, steep angle of attack. I got to shut the face of the lob wedge, but I got to create a lot of speed because the tree's going to deaden it a little bit. I'm lining it up and kind of <laughs> looking backwards over my head through the branches. And I'm like, okay, I know exactly what to do. And I just remember, I'm thinking to myself, hit it harder than you think. And so I just line up and I just create a lot of angle and I hit down on it and I flush it. I mean, I flush it. I hit it really good. And the next thing I know, I'm on the ground and I can't breathe. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I'm like looking around. I'm like dazed. I'm like, I'm not dizzy, but but something's wrong. I can't catch my breath. The ball has come up and hit me in the Adam's apple. Oh, my god! And it's hit me so hard, it's knocked the wind out of me. And I'm looking around and I'm like dazed and confused. The ball's like two feet away from me. <laughs> it's not in the hole. It's not in the hole. It's not on the green. It's not in the bunker. It's not anywhere where it should be. And I look up there and there's a rules official and he looks at me and he just reaches out and he puts two fingers out and he goes, that's two. That's a two-shot penalty. <laughs> and I look at Coach and I'm like, Coach, it's over. Sorry. <laughs> Oregon Ducks are not going to match play. Oh, my god. On that note, I think the interview's over. That is ben, so good. thank you so much for your time. You're always so generous with it. So really appreciate it. And thanks for just being such a, an incredible mentor to me and how to love yeah. my wife well and love my family well and just – Really appreciate your heart and generosity. So well, thank thanks. You. It's been fun walking with you guys, and we're going to get a lot more golf together, and we're going to get that screwdriver turned. That's right. Just right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with five-time PGA winner Ben Crane. What a fun time that was. Uh, Julie and I just had the pleasure of interviewing him in his golf studio where he spent uh, the majority of his day working on his game and uh, ended up actually having dinner uh, with his family after that and just uh, such a fun, fun evening. I hope you enjoyed uh, the stories. Uh, I wish we could have video, videotaped uh, Ben. He was, he was just itching to get out of his chair sharing that uh, college golf story uh, there at the University of Oregon. But thanks, Ben, for uh, being part of uh, the We Tee Off podcast and kicking off uh, season one uh, interviews. Uh, but we are uh, super pumped about uh, next week's guest, Alexandra O'Laughlin. Uh, she works for the Golf Channel, uh, one of the most incredible storytellers on Instagram. Uh, you've probably heard people refer to her, if you know her, um, as having the best job in golf. So we're going to uh, talk to her about how that came to be, uh, what does that actually look like, what's life like on the road, um, and talk a little bit about her fiance, one of the uh, world's leading golfing instructors, uh, Matt Killen. So you could uh, say golf super couple. So we'll, we'll hear a little bit about uh, their story in that interview um, and just talk about goals and how she got to uh, pick up the game of golf and what golf uh, means to her. So uh, thanks again for tuning in this week. And uh, one week from today, uh, we'll be dropping the episode with Alexandra O'Laughlin. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>